What's up? And welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast. This is episode 19. 19! Tyler Sagan episode. Mm, Joe Thornton episode. Makes if, you want to catch hey, breakfast on time, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, dude, bef- well, it's the anniversary of the infamous breakfast um really? incident yeah it is the That's anniversary insane. so very you fitting think nathan orton's celebrating no <laughs> <laughs> no he's not but welcome back to the show this is episode 19 um as always brought to you in partnership with the black and gold productions llc you can follow them on twitter at bng productions you can follow myself on twitter at underscore mike sullivan and you can follow my other host nick melanson on twitter at nick melanson underscore um got a lot to talk about today we got actually i i got a bunch of topics on in in my little headspace here i'm excited little um, headspace (laughs) oh trust me it's little (laughs) um but um yeah um we'll we'll cut two games have passed since our last episode we had a couple uh days in between games couple of long days in between games so we'll cover the uh the colorado game and we'll cover last night's game or two nights ago if you're listening to this on wednesday morning against vegas um but before we jump into it nick what have you been up to any anything fun anything exciting nope no no just trying (laughs) to uh trying to rebound from the whole you know getting my financial information stolen from china thing (laughs) but There's been an update since we last spoke. <clears throat> so, unfortunately, I was not able to block the money. And the money was taken from my account, so it's gone. Well, um, hey, Xi, Xi Jinping probably just bought a new aircraft carrier <laughs> with that money. <laughs> but, so, I bought this. For people who, who might have missed last episode, first of all, what are you doing? Second of all, um, I bought some snowboard stuff from a shady website that said they were based in Atlanta, Georgia. The prices were unbelievable. I mentioned last episode, $450 Burton jacket for $98. So I bought myself a jacket, not the Burton one. And I bought myself some snow pants. And I swear to you, as soon as I hit place order, the phone rang. It was my bank. There was a charge on my card in China. It happens to the best of us. You know, what are you going to do? Um, so I, you know, I, I went through all the fraud stuff. I went, I got a new debit card. And then I got an email from some boutique website, very broken English, telling me, congratulations on order, been placed, expect one to three week. And I went, okay. So I'm getting something in the mail. I don't know what it is. They sent me like a link to track my package, not clicking on that. So I guess we'll just see what happens. So it's either going to be, I'm either not going to get anything in the mail or I'm going to get a box of packing peanuts, or maybe by some shot in hell. See, my thought, and I mentioned it last episode, I've bought a lot of stuff from DHgate. If you don't know what DHgate is, it's basically um, like a Chinese wholesaler, and they have factories and factories and massive warehouses just filled with anything you could ever imagine, and you can buy stuff for ridiculous prices. Like Christmas is around the corner, so if you're trying to save some money, you can buy a brand new pair of AirPods for like 30 bucks. You can buy like official NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB official jerseys for 
about $11. I don't have any jerseys behind me, but when I was in college, all of my walls were decked out in like sports jerseys and stuff. Everything was from DH Gate. So I've bought stuff from China before. Um, and I'm hoping that this is like just another case of just some random Chinese warehouse that has a, a bunch of snowboard <laughs> stuff that they're just dumping on the American um, internet. And I'm hoping that like, you never know, like one to three weeks from now, I could get a package in the mail and it could actually be what I, what I bought. So until then, I'm not going to know if I can get my money back or not, because if they sent me the real stuff, then this whole fiasco of me going through the fraud department at my bank, getting a new debit card, switching all my banking information over on literally everything. I didn't realize how much stuff my card was attached to until like two days ago when I had to switch everything over. Um, but I might've done that for nothing, but we'll see. I'll, I'll keep everybody updated, but that was my weekend was switching all my card information over. Um, other than of course, watching the Bruins beat the brakes off the avalanche. Um, but we'll get into that. So how was your weekend? What did you do? Anything fun? Uh, my weekend was good. Uh, outside. Well, for those of you who don't know, I work for the post office mm. and right now, slinging that mail. Oh my slinging left, right up, down 24 hours a day. It's crazy. <laughs> Black Friday, cyber Monday, Christmas coming up. It is jam packed. But, um, so outside of that, it, it was really work, go home, uh, do some BNG stuff, watch the games, um, catch up with the rest of the NHL. Just nice, easy week, to be honest with you. But I did get to go to the Vegas game. Um, shout out to Mark, the head honcho over here at BNG Productions for setting up the um, media credentials. So I was lucky enough to get to go to that game, cover the game live. Um, so that was a good experience. Um, outside of that though, yeah, just, just work grinding, getting everybody here, their Christmas presents. So I'm the real life Santa Claus. So, yeah. Hey, you know what? If you're listening, make sure you think you're postman or postwoman this year. Yeah. They're yeah. the real Santa Clauses. We used to always leave. Well, not always, but sometimes we would always leave a little, I just said always again, not always. Sometimes we would leave a little <laughs> gift card in the mailbox for the mail person to come by and open it up and give them a nice little little holiday treat. I know our male woman is a woman named Chris who my dad is friends with. So maybe she'll get something this year. But if you're ever on my, on, you know, doing my neighborhood, cause I know you do it sometimes and you call me and I see you outside my house. <laughs> let me know. I'll leave you like a hot chocolate or something in the mailbox. Oh, to keep you warm. <laughs> please, please. Some people you see with this job, you meet some of the best people. You meet some of the worst people. I'll, I'll, quick little tangent. If, if you're out there, be nice to your mailman. It's not, it's it's a grind of a job and it doesn't seem like it is but it is um i have had people you know get mad at me because i'm out in the rain and i'll bring their mail to their door and they'll come get it and they're like they're like why is my mail wet i'm like do you not <laughs> see outside it's raining out what do you want yeah. me to do or then, or i was gonna say you, imagine the, yeah you go you go imagine imagine like the how upset you would be if if you missed your mail person and they left a note on your door and said you can come pick it up on november 31st yeah exactly oh yeah that yeah i did that right over your head it did for a second it just went right by me yeah <laughs> november 31st doesn't exist i learned that last episode um but but then you get the best of people too like um last week I was just out at this person's house and she ended up bringing me out a coffee, gave me one of those um, reusable Starbucks, you know, coffee cups. And so, you know, it's a mixed bag, but yeah, just especially this time of year. Um, if you see, if you see your, your, uh, your, your letter carrier, your mailman, mailwoman, just say thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> so 
Um, but yeah, hey, with that being said, um, we can jump right into these these two games. Uh, so that game against Colorado, there was a lot of drama surrounding that game after the fact with McAvoy slamming Lekkonen down onto the ice and, and Avs fans throwing a damn hissy fit saying <laughs> McAvoy needs to answer next game uh, for, for hurting Lekkonen. Outside of that, the Bruins dominated that game. They ended up winning 5-1. to one. And um, it was overall a great game to watch. It was fun. Um, Allmark led in one goal on 25 shots. Um, Bruins peppered Frank Kuz with 40 shots. Um, Pasta with a goal. Frederick with two. Actually, Pasta with two as well. And then um, DeBrusque had his 100th career uh, NHL goal. So that's a cool sight to see too. So Bruins get that win. Um, pretty consistently, they had 13 shots in the first, 15 in the second, 12 in the third, heavily outshooting Colorado. Colorado actually outshot the Bruins in the first period. They had 14 shots to the Bruins' 13, and then they had five shots in the second and six in the third. So the Bruins really <laughs> locked down on defense all after right, that. let's start trying now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, all, right, all right, we'll give them a shot in the first period just to make it interesting, and then we're just going <laughs> to beat the brakes off these guys. And granted, too, like Colorado is hurt. They got a couple guys missing, mainly Landis Cog being the number one guy. Um, but still, that's just because you're missing him. Not like you have other superstars on the team that you're missing. You, Kale McCarr was still playing. Uh, Nathan McKinnon was still playing. Miko Rantanen, I believe, was still playing. And then um, it's just excuse after excuse for a defending Stanley Cup team and, and fan yeah. base for, for getting beaten on by the Bruins. Yeah, you know, all those stars you mentioned, you, you forgot to mention superstar Lekkonen, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? We're in a tizzy that, you know, the, the best player <laughs> in franchise... <laughs> they're in a tizzy that the best player in franchise history got slammed to the ice, which is like total, like, come on. Like, that... It's it's one of it's one of the, the jobs of being a defenseman is protecting your goalie. And especially yeah. when you have one of the hottest goalies, arguably the hottest goalie in the NHL right now, Linus Olmark. And like Lekkinen, he was going harder than that. I mean, I don't. I only saw it from one angle. I didn't see it from the other angle. It didn't look like he was like digging and jabbing at, at Olmark, but he was standing over the goalie. He's in the goalie's crease. And that's what you do as a defenseman. You take out the trash. And that's what Charlie McAvoy did. It's not his fault that he's bigger and he's stronger than him. Like, he grabbed the guy's arm, he turned around, and he threw him to the ground. That's what you do. I mean, there's been – how many instances have you seen of shit that is so much worse than that going on in front of the net? I don't remember who it was, but this past weekend um, – and it's going to kill me because I don't remember the team, but their goalie literally two-handed a guy right in the back of the legs with his with his uh, stick because he was standing in the crease. I mean, would you rather have the goalie do that on his own, or would you rather have a defenseman that's going to – take the guy out of the crease for you. Like, that's what you do. And if yeah. it was a Bruins player standing in the avalanche crease, I would fully expect the avalanche to retaliate the same way that McAvoy did. People said that they body slammed him. I don't think he did. He didn't slew foot him. I think just a classic case of Charlie McAvoy is one strong son of a bitch. Yeah, he exactly. put that guy on his ass and that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, if McAvoy stands there and Lekkonen starts digging at Omar and now Omar's hurt, I mean, how does that look? You know, it's just exactly it's part of hockey. And and I, you know, watching the avalanche reporters of all people, I understand if fans get upset because they're fans. And I know that you have the emotional attachment to your team when something like that happens. And maybe when it's a superstar player like Lekkonen is apparently out of nowhere 
um, when you see that happen to your to your your team's player, you have you know a reaction. But to watch like Colorado Avalanche verified blue check reporters get really upset and call it a dirty play. There was that one guy that I think you tweeted back at saying that there has to be some sort of retaliation to Charlie McAvoy for this. And it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. This is hockey. Guys drop the mitts and punch each other's faces in. And now you're mad that Charlie McAvoy is defending his goalie when a guy was in his crease. It's literally a non-story. This kind of stuff happens. It sucks that Lekkinen got hurt, and he – I don't know how hurt he is. I don't, I don't know if he came back, but they were calling it an upper body injury, whatever it was. Um, but it just – and you could even see, like, when McAvoy put the guy down, like, he he wasn't, like, taunting him. He wasn't like, yeah, like, get the hell out of my crease. McAvoy was like, oh, shit, like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't – I don't recognize my own strength. Yeah, and he it's not like he like threw all of his weight down on Lekkonen either. He literally just Lekkonen was standing over Allmark behind him in the blue paint. And mind you, as we know, goalies don't have any protection on their back legs. It's just the pads and then nothing behind it. So if Allmark catches a skate from Lekkonen just on his calf or whatever, that's a that's an injury where he's going to be out for a while. Yeah. And and you he's he's arguably the NHL's best goalie right now. Um, why, why is it so wrong for Charlie McAvoy to move Lekkonen out of the way? It's, it's not, it's what you're yeah, supposed to do. That's what you do. I mean, you and I were both defensemen. They teach yeah. you that when you're a freaking mite, when you're six years old, you protect the goalie. doesn't yes. matter if you're a defenseman, if you're a forward, whoever you are, if somebody's in the crease, if somebody's digging at the goalie, you get them out of there. Being a defenseman, it's usually your job. And Charlie McAvoy, a leader of the team, the best defenseman, He's going to do that, and it's just part of the game. Like, he's – honestly, like, Lekkonen is lucky that, like, Chara still isn't on this team because he would have yeah. thrown that guy up into the ninth deck. He would have been sitting up there next to you. Like, it's <laughs> – it, it, again, it's unfortunate, but, like, it's just like like Charlie McAvoy just took care of the trash. And, again, this – if if it was the exact same thing, if David Pasternak, right, because apparently they're on the same level because Lekkonen's a superstar. If David Pasternak was crashing the avalanche's net and Kill McCarr – or Devin Taves, whoever it is, like like grabbed him. I mean, we've seen it. You can put a guy in a choke slam and put him on the ground. That's what happens. That's what you do to protect your goalie. There's usually nothing called, no penalties. It's just what happens, and everybody moves on. But because it's the Bruins, and because the Avalanche are soft, and because they're coming up with every excuse in the book as to why they got beat down so badly by Boston, they have to attach, you know, Charlie McAvoy is a dirty player. There has to be a retaliation to it, and I mean, we'll see because they, they have a quick turnaround. They play Aval the Avalanche again pretty soon here. And I really want to see if the Avalanche take exception to that because I think as a hockey player, you see that and you go, it's unfortunate he got hurt, but that's part of the game. Um, so I want to see if that translated to the locker room because reporters from the Avalanche were mad that happened. If you're a hockey player, I think you look at that and you go, that's just part of the game. Yeah, I, th I think the team understands. Like, I don't think the team is mad at all. I think I think if if they're a logical team – they see that their guy was going hard to the net and he's in that area where he's risking his, um, you know, his, I don't want to say safety because it's not, it's not like that dire, but he's risking his body to, to go hard to the net and, and take that chance. And he lost the chance and he got body slammed to the ice and he just so <laughs> happened to get hurt, but he took the risk and the Bruins actually play the avalanche uh, tonight. So, it's gonna. It, it will be tonight. So we'll see. I, I don't think anything is gonna happen. I think it was just a hockey play that that the players understand, and then some. Some fans and wildly some reporters legitimately called for um 
violence against Charlie yeah, McAvoy. Yeah, it's like an assassination attempt on Lekkonen by Charlie McAvoy. Like, it's just, it happens. And I'm glad you said taking a risk because if you've ever played hockey, you know the risks of crashing the net. Like, you know guys are going to be there. If, if if like, the, the whistle is blown and you got a guy still digging at the net, at the goalie, you know you're going to get your head taken off. It's just, yeah. it's, it's like in the NFL, you protect your quarterback. In the NHL, it's like the golden rule is you protect your goalie by any means. It doesn't like I remember like like growing up playing hockey, like our high school coaches would tell us, I'm sure you know exactly the coach I'm talking about. Yeah, Jamie. If if there's someone in front of the net, you do whatever the hell you have to do to get him out of there. If you take a penalty protecting your goalie, that's fine. That's the only penalty you can ever accept as a coach, as a teammate, is protecting your goalie. Because you gotta do what you gotta do. And I will say too, Jamie used to say like two hand him in the back of the ankles. Oh like, no, he was like, <laughs> step on their Achilles. He's crazy. No, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, uh, Jamie, Jamie. That's not a good um, idea, Jamie. But the other the other, you know, hot hot talking point from this game was all of the injuries that Colorado had. And and you're right, there are some some pretty big injuries. I know um right before we started recording, we the report literally just came out 10 minutes ago that uh, Nathan McKinnon is now out for four weeks, which is a huge blow um, to Colorado to have him out. Yeah, to have him out that long. Um, but man, like they were trying to say, like you know, oh yeah, Bruins came in here and, and beat the snot out of us, freaking doubled our shots, and came and and beat us five to one because we have injuries. Every team has hey, injuries. Hey, I get hey, it. Hey, guess what? Guess who else had injuries at the beginning of the season? That's can what you, I was gonna you- say. Were I mean, you okay? The, the yeah. Bruins, Bruins without they're without their top winger, their top defenseman. They missed Carlo for some time. They were without Grizzik for some time. Jeremy Swayman's leg exploded. They only had to call up a 29-year-old journeyman, Keith Kincaid, who just turned into Dominic Hasek overnight. Like the Bruins <laughs> have had some injury problems as well. And I get it. They didn't have like, you know, uh they didn't have all of these injury problems at once. Like I think the Avalanche have like six or seven pretty pretty good guys that are out right now. Um which is a big deal, but like to use it as an excuse, I don't know. I thought that it was kind of soft. I could understand maybe if it was if it was like a four to three loss, you could be like, oh man, like if only we had our full team. But like no, like you got the like the Avalanche got the shit kicked out of by the Bruins, and I just I always hate the injury excuse. I think it's so lame, and especially when it's an eighty-two game season, like losing one game, dropping one game isn't the biggest problem. But like you know, losing five to one, defending Stanley Cup champions, going into Boston, who are you know, at the time, like 19 and three and just getting your face stomped in. I'm sure it had them feeling some kind of way. Yeah, no, it definitely did. But um, yeah, let's move on to the Vegas game last night. So first of all, Logan Thompson. He's uh, insane. And I'm pretty sure he's still on his uh, ELC, which is, I think he's at like 750K for for three more years or two more years. So so Vegas has a good deal right there with him. Um. But yeah, I mean that that game, they came out slow. There's so much to talk about with this game too because it was Bruce Cassidy's return. Um, Jack Eichel didn't play. Petrangelo didn't play. So so Vegas was without their first line center, their top pairing defenseman. Something maybe Colorado fans can learn that <laughs> it's, it's not always injuries that determine a game. Um, but instantly, f- first shot of the game, Paul Cotter scores, and then. Uh, I think it was three shots later, Marsha so gets a goal instantly two nothing. And then to open up the second period again, Paul Carter, 51 seconds into the game or into, sorry, into the period makes it a three, nothing game. And the garden, the garden was quiet. There was no energy in the building. 
um, for the for honestly maybe the first time this season at home, it seemed like everybody's wind was just taken right out of them. Um, but then Marshawn scored towards the end of the second, and then Pasta scored with 24 seconds to go in the second period, making it three to two. And all of a sudden, you could just feel you could feel the energy in the building. You got the Bru- let's go Bruins chance coming. Uh, everybody was just going kind of nuts, anticipating that tying goal. Cause, cause you're down three nothing with 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 no momentum on your side whatsoever, and suddenly Marshawn gets one and Pasta gets one, and it's like, okay, well now we're only down by one. Um, it's gonna happen again. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny too, cause I remember when they were playing. I thought when I thought they were gonna lose to Carolina, right? When they like a week ago, when they were down two nothing right off the rip, and it was like, oh, yeah. damn, like this is gonna be the end of it. And they came back and they won that game three to two. And I remember it's just there's just something different about this team. I remember they were down three nothing fast against Vegas, and it was like, man, this is gonna be one hell of a comeback. Like I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> like like I felt like you just knew that it was gonna happen. Um, and I know a lot of a lot of the talk um, last night obviously is around Bruce Cassidy and Jake DeBrusque, and you know the Bruins played, but like what about Jeremy Swayman? Like he, you know, he mm. did not look good for the first half of that period. Whether or not you think the goals are his fault or not. He didn't look very solid in net, but giving up three goals that fast can really rattle a guy, especially Jeremy Swayman, who has been a bit up and down this year. Um, and the way that he reacted to being down three, nothing, he slammed the door on Vegas. And I know that um, I think it was the second period, third period and overtime, the Bruins outshot Vegas, something like 35 to 15 or something ridiculous like that. Um, but still, I mean, that game could have gotten off the rails very quickly if it wasn't for some of those saves that that Swayman made. And a lot of the chances, too, was turning defense directly into offense. I mean, you would see, I remember at, at one point, I believe it was in the third period, even Jack Edwards was, by the way, who sounded fantastic last night. We yeah, spent some time, we spent some time, I know you couldn't hear him because you were there, but we spent some time last episode talking about Jack Edwards because he didn't sound the same. But last night, man, he was on it. He was bringing out all the, all the analogies, all the metaphors, everything. I did hear... Somebody say that uh, he he said that it was the first shootout for the Bruins this season. Yeah, he did say that. He did say, he did right, say well, that. that. That's just a slip up, though. That'll happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, what sounded good. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, will be, I will. I will be flawless for the rest of the season. Yeah. But a lot. He was. He even pointed out, you know, that they they were going back and forth the whole third period, and a lot of that was like, you know, a, a big save by Swayman, a kick save by Swayman, and then suddenly the Bruins got it, and they're going back the other way. And yeah. when you're down, you know, three nothing in the first period and the stadium's quiet, you know, you're at Bruce Cassidy's back in town. Um, you're playing the best team in the West. That game could have gone off the rails more than it already was very quickly. And he looked rattled after that third goal. And I was I was expecting Allmark to come in, but Montgomery stayed with Swayman and he was rewarded for it. I mean, he was making great saves. He settled down and he looked like Jeremy Swayman after giving up that third goal. So, you know, yeah. I know the, the Bruins annihilated them offensively after that third goal. I mean, it was, you know, all systems were firing, but without Jeremy Swayman kind of sending, settling down and going, all right, okay, hang on. Let me kind of get my bearings here. That comeback wouldn't have been possible. And they would have left last night with no points instead of one. Yeah. And, and to speak on your point about the shots in the second and the third, so the first period, Vegas outshot Boston eight, uh, or actually shots were equal at eight. But then second period, Vegas had six shots. The Bruins had 15. And then in the third period, Vegas had nine shots and the Bruins had 14. So total in total, the Bruins outshot Vegas 43 to 24. They just ran into a hot goalie and, and a slow start too. But Sway, Swayman too, speaking on him, like you said, after that third goal that he let up, 
I can remember a couple of breakaways that he stopped too that could have easily just turned yeah. the game right back to the way it was going. Um, but Taylor Hall's goal on that five on three um ended up tying the game in the third period. And that was an electric goal too. He got he brought it to the net, got his own rebound, and just kind of roofed it. Yeah, yeah. Garden was buzzing. The garden oh, yeah. was buzzing. Yeah, I mean, they. I guess you know, I, I, it's there's a lot of encouraging things to take away from the game, right? And I tweeted about it last night. Down three nothing, they fight back. It's it's three three. Swayman was crapping his pants to begin with. He settles down. The Bruins just took it to him. Right after after they were down three nothing, they stormed back, took the lead, but they had chances to take that game and they just couldn't do it. And all the credit in the world to Thompson because he was mm-hmm. standing on his freaking head. I mean, they had they had the five on three in overtime. I mean, they they were out shooting the crap out of uh, out of Vegas for the whole second and third period. Overtime, I think shots were like six to one, and they just couldn't get it done. Even in, in the shootout when Charlie Coyle had the net wide open and he missed, and it was like, oh man, I thought that was it, but. Um, one thing that, that this Bruins team has that is like unbelievable is boy, they can just suffocate teams. Yeah. And even when it doesn't look like it's going right, like it was last night, it, when it, I'll say it again, they were down three, nothing. It's just like the light flipped. And then all of a sudden, like Vegas can literally go like 11 minutes over the span of two periods with a single shot. And the Bruins, they just, they, cause that was their problem in the first period. They weren't shooting the puck. And yeah. everybody yeah. was yeah. tweeting about it. It was they kept trying to make the perfect play, the pretty pass. I don't know if they were all amped up that Bruce was in the building. I don't know what it was, but they would not shoot the damn puck. And then everything changed. And then suddenly they're just peppering the shit out of Thompson. And like we've seen that a lot with this team. Is like if you just you look at the box score after the game and you look at the shots, and the Bruins regularly have like 35 to 45 shots, and it's usually like almost double the other team's shots. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be hard to, uh, I guess, not score the puck when you're shooting as often as the Bruins have. And um, just that ability to just pepper the goalie, take shots from everywhere on the ice, and then also stifle the other team's offensive attack with some of the best defensive centers in the league as well as the defensive unit that they have, it's – ooh, I, I know they lost last night, but it was just, you know, it was like the tale of two teams. You had the, yeah. the, the first half of the first period Bruins – and then you had the two and a half period plus overtime Bruins. And if if the Bruins played the whole game that the way that they did for eighty percent of that game, I mean they would have it would have been a replay of what happened against Colorado. They would have won yeah. five to one. A hundred percent. And um talking about Bruce Cassidy too. So I did you see because I know you you were watching on Nesson, so they probably they zoomed in on Cassidy when they showed the tribute and he was tearing up. He was he was he was pounding his chest. He was he was waving to the fans. He was actually like for the first time ever emotional. And yeah. I've never seen that from Bruce Cassidy. And I'm so glad that he um I'm so glad that he got the appreciation that he deserved. There was a little part of me that was a little worried that people were gonna boo him and and take for granted what he did for the team of all six seasons that he spent here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we talked about it last episode. I think it was, it was either Gail or I think it might've been Melinda actually, who asked us about the the uh, reception that Bruce Cassie was going to receive. And I wasn't sure. I honestly thought that it was going to be a mixed bag, but I'm so happy that it wasn't. Um, especially a lot of times I feel like you can watch a sports game and like your home crowd will start booing a player and everybody at home is yelling at the TV. No, no, stop. Don't boo him. Yeah. And I thought, I thought that was going to be what we saw with Bruce Cassidy, but like, um, 
for an organization who's kind of been in the news, especially since the whole Mitchell Miller incident recently for all the wrong reasons, I thought this was a really, really classy move by the Bruins. And not to, not to compare the two situations, but I just thought that it was the right thing to do. I'm glad that they honored Bruce Cassie like that here for six years, grew up a huge Bruins fan, 400-point seasons, Jack Adams award winner, was a game away from winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, and it, like you said, you know, the the reception that he got, the video, I mean, you you could see he was getting choked up. And if you've ever listened to Bruce Cassidy's voice, if you even just seen a picture of the guy, I mean, he <laughs> does not look like a guy who's ever shown even the slightest crack of a smile. Yeah. He doesn't look like he knows anything other than other than rage and anger. And to see his reaction on the bench. And then um, did you hear his comments after the game about when he was kind of asked about everything? Yeah. He was he was talking about, you know, first they asked him, you know, how did how did it feel, you know, when that video was being played here in the garden and hearing the reception from the crowd and and he was choked. I mean, this is post game, he's choked up. And he was like, man, like, I, I just, I really appreciated it, you know? And he, he was basically saying that, like, he didn't, he wasn't kind of sure the reception he was going to get, but like, he just, he said it like three times. He's like, I, I appreciated it. Like, I just like, no words. I appreciate it. And and he even said like, I, I got choked up there for about three seconds, but yeah, yeah. you know, like I wasn't expecting that. And, and, and then there was the photo with him also talking with Bergeron in the hallway for like a half hour after the game. And even, yeah. uh, you know, if you're, if you're in the Boston area, I'm sure you've probably heard all of the comments about him and Jake DeBrusque and him in the locker room, losing the locker room. And everybody has an opinion on, on, on Bruce Cassidy. And he was asked about, you know, like how he feels about the guys in the locker room. And he was like, you know, I have nothing but respect for every single person in that locker room, you know, from everybody, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you were there with me all six years, if I only got a year with you, you know, I love and respect all those guys. I wish every single one of them, nothing but the best. And for me hearing that, that's not the exact quote, but you could. It almost felt like he's talking to your guys like Bergeron, Pasternak, you know, whoever it might be. And then it also felt like he was kind of talking to Krejci. He was talking to DeBrusque, yeah. and like it doesn't matter if we've had these differences in the past. Like I respect the hell out of you. I'm happy for you. We've both gone our separate ways, and maybe I'll meet you in the cup or something like that. But even after yeah. the game, when 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 they won the game, and you could see Cassidy on the bench, he was fired up. I was pissed. I was upset that the Bruins lost, but like, you know, seeing Bruce Cash like that on the bench, you know, like pumping his fist and he was smiling. He was like, hey, yeah, like shaking his, you know, his staff's <laughs> hands. I was like, all right, you know, I'm mad that the Bruins lost. I don't like the Knights, but I'm happy for Bruce Cash. Yeah, that's how I felt too, especially because, I mean, if, if anybody was going to end the Bruins undefeated home streak at the TD Garden, I'm glad it was somebody who we can all respect like Bruce Cassidy, not, not like John Tortorella or, or I don't know, Jordan Bennington in the blues. Something, oh something like that. God. You know what I mean? Like at least it was, Bruce. Oh, that like, pisses me off. Yeah. Just, just why did you have it. to mention Bennington's <laughs> name, damn it. But, um, so yeah, the, so the game ended in a shootout. Do you, okay. Do you like the shootouts or no? I, I this do. is a hot topic. It hot is a topic. hot topic, and I, under, I understand why. Um, I perfect scenario. I would love continuous three on three overtime until somebody wins. I understand why you can't do that because players get hurt, players get tired, and who knows? Maybe you know suddenly everybody's there until four, five thirty in the morning because nobody can score. I don't think that would happen, but I like the shootout. I think that it's entertaining. I could, you know, I think that when you're on the wrong end of it, like the Bruins were last night, you go, damn, this is stupid as hell. 
But I think if you're a team like Vegas who was getting, you know, beat down and beat down and beat down for two and a half periods and all they had to do was get into the shootout and they can get away with two points, you know, I think that they probably love it right now, understandably so. But I think that there's ways around it. I think that the greatest thing that the NHL did was make overtime three on three changed everything. And I yeah, think that they're trying yeah. to not have as many games end in shootouts, but I think that you kind of need that that definite ending to a game. Otherwise, you know, overtimes can go on forever. Um, but maybe not, you know, what is it? Six minutes, three on three. Is that what it is right now? I think it's five. I wish I want them to bump it up to 10, 10 minutes, three on three, and then have it end in a shootout if nobody score. That would be, that would be my answer. Yeah, actually I wouldn't mind that because if you go 10 minutes, three on three and still nobody scores Yeah, and it's regular season too. It's right. It's not like it's playoffs. Um, regular season, you go 10 minutes, five or 10 minutes, three on three. No one scores. It's like, okay. All right, now we can do a shootout. But yeah. five, minutes, five minutes is too quick, I think. It's too quick. You, you know what I almost don't like? And I know that there's not an answer to it, but I don't really like how if it's uh, – okay, uh, it's a penalty in overtime. So the Bruins uh, go up a man, so it's four and three because you can't have less than three people. But then the penalty ends, so the uh, you know the other skater comes out, and now it's four and four. I understand you can't stop the game and go, wait. Each team send a person off and go back to three on three yeah. because that's one of the Bruins' strengths is they're so fast on every level. Their forwards are fast. They have a, I think they have the quickest group of defensemen in the league, other than you know Forbert, who's a little slow. But <laughs> other like other than that, like their strength is their speed. And you saw it last night when the games get to overtime and it's three on three. They are everybody is flying all over the ice. Um, and you know, I remember because there was like 30 seconds in the game in overtime last night when the penalty ended and went back to four and four, and I was like, ah, damn it. They're not going to score. There's not enough room out there for these guys to wheel around. And I understand you can't pause the game and go, wait, no, 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 hang on, hang on. Bruins send a guy off, call, uh, you know, Golden Knights send a guy off. Let's go back to three on three. You got to keep playing. But yeah. I love three on three overtime. Oh, it's the best thing they've ever done. It, now, yeah. with you saying that, would you go, say a penalty happens, you go three on two? Or is that too, is that too <sighs> much? Is that too much? Because then the guy well, comes out of the box and you're immediately three on three, right back to it. Right, but then that opens the door for three on one. If you get two let's penalties. get crazy, let's then, get crazy. Like, you get three guys get a penalty. Suddenly it's just a three on zero, oh and your goalie your goalie's dead. <laughs> <laughs> like good luck. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I understand that there's you know a science to it, but and that's just a stupid quarrel that I have. I know it's ridiculous in the grand scheme of things. You you know, it's a big deal. It's suddenly four and four instead of three on three. But I just remember last night because I was really mad because I predicted before the game, I, I predicted three times. I predicted on our, on our episode last week that the Bruins would win four to three. Then I predicted before the game started that the Bruins would win in overtime four to three. And then I also predicted that Jake DeBrus would get the overtime goal. So I was, I had tweets in my drafts, ready to go. I was, I was, I had Twitter open, watching overtime, like ready to fire away and hit send in all these tweets about, you know, <laughs> calling myself like Nostradamus, like I got a magic eight ball or something. Yeah. So I was really in tune with this overtime. And then, you know, the skaters came back out after the after the penalty, and it was four on four, and I went, oh, they're not scoring. There's yeah. not enough room. There's not enough room for them to skate around out there. So, yeah. I... What about what about? Okay, so say stick with like. Because now I'm on the thought process of just getting crazy. Say <laughs> you do five minute periods of overtime, right? Five minutes, three on three, no one scores. Would you do five minutes and two on two, and then wait, uh, and then wait, and then no one scores, and then you got one on one. 
Like imagine like um <laughs> oh imagine God. it's like imagine it's um Colorado Edmonton. They get to I was gonna third, say and you got McKinnon and McDavid one on one. Oh my like, or even two on two if you had uh like McKinnon and Lannisgog against uh McDavid and uh Drysidle. Yeah, oh my like, god. Dude, like how insane would that that would be oh, nuts. That nuts. would be really cool. They, you know what? They should try that in the all-star game. See how they it works. Sh- actually they should. Because they tried three on three in the all-star game before they made it the overtime rule. And they saw yeah. that the you know the ratings boosted. But I think that um I feel like in an age where a lot of professional sports leagues just do stupid shit. Right, like football, what's a catch? Nobody knows what it catches in football because the rules are dumb. Baseball, they're trying everything that they can do to make the game more exciting, and nothing's working because it's baseball. But hockey, three-on-three overtime, electric. I cannot find a single person who does not like three-on-three overtime. That was a great move by Gary Bettman, one of the very few great moves that he's made. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, like hockey too, like like you said, football, what's a catch? Hockey, what's goalie interference? Like – yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there was um. Oh shit, I keep forgetting my teams. I don't oh. remember who it was. Uh, I was gonna say the the goal where that it was called back because like the the skater skate was right next to the goalie. Yeah, and and they they called the goal back, and I get it. The goalie couldn't push all the way to the left, but he was already pretty much extended. But that's yeah, just, and that, that just might be sense. I think it was against Carolina too. Um, it was the Felino, or. I forget who the one who scored it, but Polino was in the crease, and it's because the defenseman from Carolina legitimately like shoved Polino yeah. into Kachakov. Yeah, was it? And they, uh, had, it, they made the right call. Was it the Devils that had three three goals called back in one game and they lost? Yeah, and and that was when the fans threw all the garbage on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, I don't think that that was the best thing for the fans to do, but I mean, I all that, I all that. All that gabagool in New Jersey just went to waste. <laughs> Could you imagine the the heavy the heavy set Italian gentlemen in the stands with all their rings on their fingers throwing yeah. submarine sandwiches on the ice or whatever the hell? It was? Yeah, throwing Italian subs in their gold yeah. chains. And what are, what are we doing? What are we doing here, Batman? Come what on! are we doing? Come on! You just took another one, <laughs> Gary. Come on, kid. Get a load of this guy. Get a load of this chump. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah Bruins go one on one in that game recap. Actually one oh and one. Right. But, right. Well, well, hang um, on. Well, actually let me ask you a question first. Sure. I know I know the Bruins had the longest streak in NHL history of home yep. wins to start the season. But do you really call last night a loss? That's Shootout loss. The Bruins, it, the, dude, they still haven't lost in regulation. They're, they yeah, haven't like, lost in regulation at home. I mean, they like they have they technically been defeated. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I have. I don't have the the qualifications to answer that question. <laughs> they were defeated in a shootout. They were defeated like, in a skills competition. That's what yeah, it was. In the in the grand scheme of things, though, like the Bruins got a point. Is yeah. there is there a check in the loss column? Nope, there's not. There's a check in the third column, which is like, who cares about that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think that they've been defeated at home, but I don't think that they're undefeated at home. They're kind of in that little little bit of a gray area there. They're undefeated with an asterisk. Yeah, that's, that's what fair. I would say. Once they lose in regulation, uh, then they're really, um, their their undefeated streak is really gone. Technically, technically, yes, they lost at home technically but 
not in regulation. They have not lost in three periods. At I also TD Garden. I wanted to mention everybody's been talking about for a good reason the schedule right now the gauntlet. Have you seen who the Bruins play in the month of March? No, who who is it? Let me. Is it, is it another gauntlet? Yeah, of sorts. They open it again. Home versus Buffalo. Home versus the Rangers. Let, you know what? Let's go. Hang on. You tell me if you think it's a win. We'll keep track. Okay. As, assume both teams are fully healthy. Home against Buffalo. W. One and zero. Home against the Rangers. The way they're playing right now. W. Two and zero. At Detroit. W. Three and zero. At Chicago. W. Four and zero. At Winnipeg. Oh, Winnipeg is good in Winnipeg. Um, nah. Loss. Uh, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. six and one at Minnesota. Win seven and one at Buffalo. Win <laughs> eight and one home against Ottawa. Win, although and... I, it should be a win. I feel like it'll be a loss, but I'm gonna say, win. tell you what, we'll do eight, one and one. Okay, okay, okay. Home against Montreal. I'll win. spare the time. That's a win. Nine yeah. one and one. <laughs> home against home against Tampa. Fuck it. Win. Ten one and one. At Carolina. Loss. Ten two and one. Home against Nashville. Win. Eleven two and one. Home against Columbus. Win. Twelve two and one. Holy shit. That That's is all one. March. <clears throat> That's all March. That's the the NHL probably saw what they did to the Bruins for the last you know week and a half here in November and first week of December when oh crap, let's throw them a little biscuit and let's you know let's put it out in March when all these teams are battling injuries, and boy oh that could you know that could what, be though, one huge month of wins for the Bruins yeah, because that's that's about maybe a month to a month and a half away from playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they use that month to rest guys um, i wouldn't be surprised if you see that month bergeron's not playing as much you're not seeing marshawn play as much maybe pasta takes a couple games off i think the older guys are going to see a little bit of rest days in that month they definitely could but i yeah. think that's only if this division and this conference looks right. like it does right now in the standings i mean tampa can start picking up games at the drop of a hat same with carolina and even Toronto, they can start winning games pretty quick too. I don't mean I don't trust Toronto as far as I can throw them, but you know, come March, if you suddenly you find yourself, you know, within a handful of points between these other teams, I don't think they could be in a position to start resting. But you're definitely well, right. I think if it continues how it is, they'll start resting guys come March. We Toronto's only five points behind us. It's not yeah. like they're. It's not like they're and that's far behind. That's with the shitty start that Austin Matthews had too. Yeah, I will say Toronto has two games in hand, but I mean they're still fifteen, five, and six. Um, so they're they're kind of catching up. They're not six. We, we, that's yeah, that's crazy. And shoot out. <laughs> says, holy shit, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> we literally just had our first. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean Tampa's kind of heating up. Um, they're fifteen, eight, and one. Same games played as us. They're ten points behind us. Um, but yeah, I mean. <sighs> It's not an easy division, so. <laughs> but, but um, we are about halfway through the show, so I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Canada Wellness. 
Can of Wellness. Can of Wellness. So let's talk about the amazing Can of Wellness company, shall we? Can of Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Can of Sleep, Can of Mend, Can of Fresh, and Can of Boost. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and 50. herbal extracts and four compact sprays, it's four. the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. 30. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the Canada Wellness Company to support high performance. Mel, let's talk about each product. Let's talk about it. Let's do that. <clears throat> First up, Canna Boost. Canna Boost gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out, when studying for an exam, and other times you get increased clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canamend provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Canafresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Canafresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. Canasleep is an all-natural and vegan sleep aid, and it's convenient and fast-absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in, just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage on how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Canna Wellness all-natural oral sprays, sprays, sorry, please go to cannawellness.com, that is C-A-N-I-Wellness.com, and use our promo code BNG25, that is B-N-G-2-5, to get 25% off everything on the CannonWellness.com website, we thank Cannon Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins-related podcast. Sully, back to you. Let's get into the DMs. Yeah. Also, wait, before we do that, have you sure. seen what, what Jason Robertson's doing in Dallas? Uh, he is disgusting. I'm he's, he's, like, he's like on pace with McDavid, maybe a little better. 17 games played. 20 goals. Are what the saying? hell is that? That's crazy. Uh, what the hell is too. that? Like, he, I, yeah, he's got Hints, Sagan, and Ben, but it's not like Sagan and Ben are lighting up the world. Hints yeah. is good. Hints is good. But, and, yeah, and he kind of came team. out of nowhere, too. Yeah, yeah, he's on my fantasy team. Um, Jamie Ben is, is, is he on like a third liner now? What's he doing out there? I know he's getting older. I mean, he's he's older. He his body is probably so beat down too, just yeah. because of the way he plays. Um, I'm trying to find Jason Robertson's stats. Well, I know Sagan is having a better year. Oops, I know Sagan is having a better year this year than he did last season. Oh, you know what? That was old that. graphic of what I just said: twenty goals in seventeen games. He now has twenty-three goals in twenty-five games. Twenty-three goals, eighteen assists, forty-one points in twenty-five games. That is crazy. That's ridiculous. That's and a ridiculous pace. Like said, second round pick. Uh, no, absolutely no idea where he went to school. But I know, on I another he's note, from, he's, I'm pretty sure he's from California. 
He is. And I was going to say, on another note, too, a, a lot of people are excited, understandably so, because he's he's Filipino. And that is a culture. Asian Asian culture is not represented well enough in the NHL. And we have a superstar, somebody who's putting up obscene numbers in Dallas. Um, and he's he's finally people are finally starting to talk about him. Um, it's huge for the game. I saw NHL, the official NHL Twitter account made jason robertson their header on their on their uh, <laughs> profile picture yeah they did this was like this might have been a couple weeks ago um and even in in their bio they 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 like put something about jason robertson and it was awesome but um it's um I, it, dallas they have somebody and jason robertson he's a stud and he's rel- he's young i mean he's you know he was he's a rookie isn't our second year player yeah um, he's only 23 yeah he's oof, good player good player nickname robo yeah, I, I mean, hey, good for Dallas. They're having a good season too. They, they I, you know, I actually kind of like their team a lot. Sagan, yeah. Ben, Hints, Robertson. Then they got Ottinger and Net. I mean, that's they're fun, they're a fun team. Yeah, they're a fun team to root for and a fun team to watch. Um, you know, I I just saw something really funny about Tyler Sagan. Um, damn it, it's gonna it's gonna bother me. I saw a video of him on Twitter. He like didn't know his teammate's name or something like that. Did you see that? What? <laughs> no. Oh God! Hang on, I gotta wait, find it. Wait, um, he didn't know his own teammate's name. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't something like that. It was like somebody that he was he was playing with. Ah, oh, damn it! People are gonna think I'm crazy. I hope I'm not the only person <laughs> who saw it. But he just always called somebody like by their last name or something, and he just found out that like their first name was something stupid. It's like the classic David Ortiz story. When uh, oh, yeah, when yeah, yeah. when he called some when somebody somebody was like Petey, to, it was Pedroia it was yeah Pedroia. somebody was talking to Dustin Pedroia and they called Dustin Pedroia Dustin. David Ortiz was like went up to Dustin Pedroia he's like hey man like why the hell did you let him call you that? <laughs> and Pedroia was like why did I let him call me what? He's like he called you Dustin, and Dustin's like that's that's my that's my name, and he was like oh shit I. I don't know. I just called you Petey. <laughs> like you never knew it. And I think Tyler Sagan might have fallen into the same trap. I think he did. Um, while you're looking for that, though, let me read this first DM. So this comes in from the uh, at Bruins Luchador. You've probably seen him at the Garden, always on the Jumbotron. He's, he's the guy wearing the uh, the Bruins um, the wrestling mask. mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he sends in the question. He goes one for one. Who do you send down and who do you send up? Oh. I don't want to send anybody down. I'll be honest. I'm gonna say, for the sake of the question, I'm going to say you send down. Even though he's great on the penalty kill, Thomas Nosek. And screw it, you bring up Mark McLaughlin. I don't care. I want to see McLaughlin at some point. I know he's kind of having a tough year in, in the AHL right now. Um, but when he whenever he comes up to Boston, he he seems to have it figured out. I, I'd love to see him up here. Let's see what he's got. I would like to see him come up here too. Do you know what he's doing in the AHL though? Because I know people were talking about him uh, not that long ago. Because he had like th- at one point he had like 13 games played. I think he only had like three or four points in those 13 games. Not what you would expect from McLaughlin after seeing what he did last year. Yeah, I mean, I I know he's having a tough year. He's got um, let's see here. He, this season for Providence, Mark McLaughlin is at. One second here. Mark McLaughlin is at 22 games played, 
two goals, five assists, seven points. Um, yeah, not really what you want to see from the kid from North Billerica, but <laughs> but um, his NHL stats aren't bad. I mean, not even just his stats. When he comes up and he plays, he looks comfortable. He's got 11 games played in Boston. He's got three points. No, no, uh, no assists. Weirdly, they're all goals. But um, I don't know. He just when he comes up, he looks comfortable. He he doesn't look lost. Um, plays with 110 percent effort. And I'm I'd I'd hope that he's when you're resting guys in the future, he's one of the first guys you would call up, regardless of his uh lack of production at the moment in Providence. Cause we yeah. know he can play. We've seen him play. We've seen him in Boston. Like a lot of us wanted him in the lineup at the beginning of the year to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see what he could. And like some of those guys too, like, you know, they might not be able to make it work in the AHO, but for whatever reason, they can't at the next level. And I think AJ Greer is a great right. example of that. And I know it wasn't just AHO. I know he spent some time in like Colorado bounced around places and he never really did anything until he came here to Boston. And, um, he's, he, you know, kind of, he's, he started the year off flaming hot and he hasn't exactly, you know, kept that pace, which wasn't, he couldn't do that anyways, but right, um, right. what about, I don't know too much about Providence. I know, you know, the young names that they have that everybody's obviously talking about, but what about that Vinny Lettieri guy? Yeah. Vinny Lettieri. I was going to yeah. say him. Is I he like a point per him. game player down there right now? Yeah. He's, he's, he's like an AHL superstar to be honest with you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I mean, try him out here. I know they've been they've been you know trying some guys in on the fourth line. I think they have their idea of who they're gonna have on their bottom six moving forward. Whether or not they're in Boston right now, or they will be you know called up towards the end of the year. But why not see what he can do? You know, I'm looking at his stats now: 21 games played in Providence, 10 goals, 11 assists. He's a point per game player in 21 games. He's 27. Um, I think he's a center. Yep. Yep. Center. Call him up here. Let him play a few games. See what he can do. Um, might as well, you know. Yeah. Um, also, too, Cameron Hughes right now, 25 games played, 21 points, five goals, 16 assists, left winger. Um, pretty good stats. Oh, Jacob Lauko as well. I, I liked when he was up in the bottom six. Um, he was playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, not Fabian Lysel. What He's about Fisher? Uh, not yet. Not yeah. yet. Yeah. But um, definitely in the future. The problem, though, if you call these guys up, the second part of his question, who would you send down? Um, no sec. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Uh, I don't want to say it, but maybe Greer. I mean, he hasn't really been. Yeah. I would have said crazy. I would have said Frederick, but he's been playing really well as. Oh, of I late. love. Uh, no, I don't yeah. want Freddie going anywhere. No, he's, he's been, been playing, playing so, really well I, as of late. He's in, dude. He's in his groove right now. Ever ever since he, I think he got a little more confidence when he was told he's going to be in the lineup just about every night. And you've seen it. He's been taking advantage of it when he's been out there on the ice. Yeah, I mean, he had his first uh, career two goal game the other night. Yeah, which also, one of them was a snipe, by the way. Yes, that, it was. Timer. I found the video of Tyler Sagan. I'm glad to know I'm not crazy. I'll play it here. Uh, Ryan Sutter. He didn't know his first name was Ryan. I'll let you listen to it. I was talking to Ryan last night. We haven't talked to him in a while. I just asked about the buy-in and how that process happens. And Ryan? Yes, Ryan. Is that his first name? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you, oh, okay, okay. How so about that? Know, yeah, how about that? All right, Sagan. It, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> My God. I don't know what they got down there in Dallas, but... Ooh. 
Um, yeah, fun team though. That's a good question. Actually, you know what? I need a uh, what I just said about Cameron Hughes is just not true. I was looking at last year's. Uh... I was gonna say I I don't I didn't see him here with the points leader and with the baby yeah. Bruins. Yeah, no, that's that is a hundred percent on me. I apologize for that. That, that was bad. Oh my God, Keith Kincaid is thirty three. Yeah, this, yeah, he's. I was I gonna was say like, he's. I thought he was like in his late twenties. Yeah, no, you said twenty nine, and I was clearly we need no, to do some homework said, on the. I said twenty six. Oh boy! <laughs> hey, clearly we need to do some homework on the Providence oh, Bruins. You know That's who we're not talking about? What about Chris Wagner? He's putting his head down, and up. he's doing. He's putting his dues in, trying to fight his way back to this team. Give Chris Wagner another shot, damn it! I love when Chris Wagner is here. Yeah, I mean he's he's, he's kind of like a. He's like an older version of uh, AJ Greer in terms yeah. of what they bring to the lineup. A little more, a little more wisdom. He's yeah. been around the block. He's seen a thing or two. I loved Chris Wagner when he was when he was playing on that fourth line. Yeah, he was um, one of my favorites. We got another question from Melinda. You can follow her on Twitter at Melinda underscore Paints. She says, "Mike, this is for you." You were at the game. Could you feel the melancholy Bruce Cassidy effect? Not only with the Bruins team, but in the arena as well. It was like your ex-spouse showing up for Thanksgiving. I felt it out of watching the game. Very emotional situation that's messed with everyone's heads. Um, it, Weirdly, yeah. You could kind of sense it with the, in the crowd that um, there it was an underlying theme. There was something outside of the game that everybody was thinking about. Um, But... I don't think it had too much of an effect on players. I think maybe in the beginning they were just kind of squeezing their sticks a little bit too hard. Maybe it was a little bit awkward. It, it probably was a little bit awkward, but I mean, you you got to assume they probably didn't just stay silent before the game. Like some of the guys probably went and talked to him just to catch up, see how he's doing. Because people forget it's 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 yeah, it's a game, but also these guys are regular people. Like yeah. they, they they built a relationship with Bruce. Some of these guys for six seasons. Um, you get to know people like that, and um, you you you're just gonna catch up as friends. You know, you you yeah. build relationships like that. Yeah, and I was watching specifically uh, again because of my tweets earlier. I was watching Jake DeBrusque with a fine eye in overtime, hoping he was gonna get that net net that winner. Yep. Like he was like skating, like he he was shot out of a cannon. Like you could tell he he wanted to score because Bruce yeah. Cassidy was there. I remember there was one play he had he had just hopped off the bench, and um, the Bruins had the puck, so it was again three on three overtime. The Bruins are, are regrouping the defenseman, skating back into the Bruins zone. He's skating in front of Swayman, and he just kind of dropped the puck, and the Bruce came off the bench, came screaming down the boards probably did 150 to 200 crossovers in the span of like four and a half seconds, picked up the puck, went screaming down the other boards towards the Knights goalie, tried to come right off the inside, trying to, you know, beat the defenseman to the back post, uh, and then lost the puck in the corner. And I was like, oh my God, I've never yeah. seen somebody want to score more in their entire life than Jake DeBrus did right now. And you could even see it in the shootout when Nebraska went and he didn't score and you could see when he was skating past the Knights bench, he was kind of laughing himself and be like, damn, like, yeah, well, I wanted that one. <laughs> well, dude, he, he had a chance in the third period when the game was tied that I, it was pretty close to a goal, dude. And I was like, I jumped off my couch. Yeah, dude. If he, if he had scored right there, Oh my God! Uh, the garden would have blown up. Like, the, yeah, it literally would have. The jumbotron if, if, would have fallen. The stands Bruce, would have crumbled. 
if Bruce Cassidy wasn't crying before the game, he would have been crying right then watching Jake DeBrus <laughs> score, <laughs> score to beat him. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm sure that was on Bruce's mind too. Like, like shit, mm. anyone anyone but him right now. Yeah. Just, even if it's not personal, just like because of the storylines around it. Like, Yeah, and that's exactly it. I mean, it's a game in the beginning of December. Like, it's not, mm. it's not big in terms of – I guess it's big in the sense that you only play these guys twice because they're in the other conference, but – you could definitely feel not so much the tension, but it's like the static electricity in the air. Like even yeah. you were at the game. I'm sure you have a, a fantastic interpretation of what was going on, but watching on the TV just felt different. Like it just felt yeah. like a big game. And you know, it, it's, it's interesting because it's not like it's, you know, like, uh, like Joe Thornton's first time coming back to Boston after they sent them off to San Jose, Tyler Sagan coming back after they sent them off to Dallas. Like it's a, it's a coach. And the Bruins at the time were, um, they were 20 and 20 and three as of last night. Like it, it, who, like you clearly don't miss them. Like who cares? You know, you're doing fine without them. And, you know, to see the reception that he got and to, to kind of understand what the fans were going, I mean, what the players were going through because Bruce Cassidy was beloved in Boston. Yeah. I mean, and I guess myself, I thought a little differently about him after hearing how like the locker room reacted to him, but like seeing what he's done in Vegas and hearing what he said about the Bruins, I mean, he very well could have like exposed all the state secrets if he wanted to about, you know, oh, I didn't, I, I hated Jake DeBrus because of this or Krejci left because of this. But he didn't, and you know, I I'm I'm happy for him that he got his win last night. I'm just upset that it came at the hands of the Bruins. Yeah, and and I mean, you you don't spend six years with an organization if you weren't successful. He he didn't yeah. miss the playoffs once. He made playoffs yeah. every single season. He was the head coach. Yeah, and it's not even like like the Bruins like went out and and hired him. I mean, he took over after Claude Julian was here and had the interim tag for a little bit, and then coached yeah. so well they they named him the head coach, and then he um won a jack adams award he you know coached the bruins the stanley cup and it was like kind of out of nowhere they had this guy and like the bruins i mean when you think of the boston bruins if you were to i mean honestly if you were to to put an animal to the bruins i mean they're literally a bear like it's like i know it sounds kind of dumb to say that but like they've always been like so rough and tough and loud and in your face and they're you know the big black and gold colors and the loud drunk obnoxious fans like that's who they are as an organization and I think Bruce Cassidy so well personified that. Like, he did such a good job of, like, just him on the bench. Like, he just looked like the coach of the Boston Bruins. Like, just yeah, so did. stern. Like he, like, he just looked like he always had – like, he was always cool, calm, and collected. And I always I always love that part about him. But that's why seeing Montgomery behind the bench now is such, like, a ooh, like a little, like, welcome change of pace, you know? Like, he's yeah, the yeah. exact opposite of what we had from Bruce Cassidy. And it's working. And um, I don't – I don't remember off the top of my head of who they had in Vegas as their coach last year, but clearly the switch to Bruce Cassidy is working for them. And clearly the yeah. switch that the Bruins made to Jim Montgomery is working for them as well. So it's a win-win situation. Hey, so actually that leads us perf Like it's a perfect transition into our uh, last DM. So this comes in from Natasha Gershon. She's a great follow on Twitter. Um, all hockey, not just the Bruins, um, hockey in general. Awesome follower. Um, you can follow her on Twitter at NG3400. She asks, Bruce Cassidy, Jim Montgomery. Oh, shit. Going to make me choose? Yep. I mean, okay, I, I think I, I know who we're both going with. But... Oh, hang on. Like, like, 
Like, like, what's the context? Like, who would I rather have as a coach of the Bruins right now? Or, like, who do I think is a better coach? Let's do who do you think is a better coach? Uh, as Bruce Cassidy. I'm going to say Jim Montgomery. That's and honestly, crazy. Honestly, okay. I, I, don't, I don't hate you for that. But I just <laughs> think I, 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 um, I think that we have a larger NHL head coach sample size of Bruce Cassidy. He's won everywhere he's 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 been. He stepped into a role with the Bruins, coached here for six years, had four 100 point seasons. Just mentioned Jack Adams award winner. Just mentioned went to the Cup, um, and then he stepped in in Vegas to a team that was that sucked. And they're the best team in the West right now. And I think that that has to be said. Jim Montgomery has done a fantastic job here. Um, and he was a good coach in, where was he, Minnesota in college? He was coaching there, right? Yes. And he was he was a good assistant coach, whatever he was doing in, in I think it was in Dallas and in St. Louis before. But Bruce, this is, this is Bruce Cassidy's arena. He's been the head coach. He's been a head coach in, in the NHL now for the last seven years. And I think because of his track record and because he just has a longer resume, Bruce Cassidy is the better coach in my opinion. See, now here's, here's my perspective. I think in the old NHL, in the structured NHL, Bruce Cassidy is the better coach by a pretty wide margin. But since the game is changing, um, it's becoming more of a free kind of game, free thought game, creative game. I think that works in the favor of a coach like Jim Montgomery because he allows players to read and develop plays themselves, create their own opportunities. Um, Don't play in a structure, play based on how you feel the play is developing and go from there. Trust your instincts, trust your guts, do what you think is going to be best in the situation that you're in. Um, Also, allowing the defenseman to jump up in the play, um, allow them to be as offensive as they want, um, and and really create offensive zone chances for themselves as well. Team chemistry-wise, I think Montgomery is better as well because... Like like we were just saying, like Cassidy just gives off this energy of being this stern, hard nosed, gritty guy, which is it's not a criticism uh, of him at all in any way. It's just I think it works better in today's league where guys are a little their personalities are more known within the media due to social media and and just exposure to the internet in general. Um, Montgomery allows them to kind of just be themselves and he's not he doesn't seem to be the guy who's on their ass either when things are going tough like he's not gonna dig at you yeah yeah and i think i think that those are really good points you made i think that's 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 fair criticism as well but um on the flip side too i think that's more related to individual teams i think that this is the the perfect team assembled for Jim Montgomery's style of coaching yes. and and um, Bruce Cassidy is a fantastic coach and a, an example of that is exactly what he's doing in Vegas right now yep. they have the third best record in the league best team in the West he took his philosophy that he had on the Bruins and brought it out there and even Bruce Montgomery's philosophy even though it's different than Montgomery it worked it never not worked he did he wasn't fired because he was a he was a bad coach he was fired because people assume that he lost the locker room. I mean, the Bruins were arguably one of the top three best teams in the East and a top five team in the entire NHL for the entirety of Bruce Cassidy as a head coach here. 
Um, and I think that, you know, what you just alluded to, his style of coaching, I think kind of led to maybe some of these early playoff exits. I think they might have led to why he's no longer the coach of the Bruins, which probably correlates honestly a lot with the way that the locker room reacted to him as a coach. I think he, he again, he wasn't fired because he was a bad coach. He wasn't fired because the Bruins sucked. He was fired because the players didn't like him. And that's what happens when you have that kind of coaching style. And he's out in Vegas right now. They don't have the same locker room as the Bruins. Clearly, they react better to um, Bruce Cassidy's style of, of coaching. But then again, maybe they don't. Because what we're seeing in Vegas is what we've seen from the Bruins the last yep. six years that Bruce Cassidy was here. But both of them are fantastic coaches. Um, yeah. if, if the Bruins, I would rather have Jim Montgomery as my coach for obvious reasons. Um, but whoever you think is better, there's no wrong answer. They're both great coaches in their own right. Yeah, exactly. There, there is no wrong answer. Both, both coaches are excellent. Both coaches have an amazing track record, um, in the league. And I think it's just, I think his, I, I just think Cassidy's message got stale after six seasons. That's a, that's yeah. a long time to have one coach. And that, and that happens. And um, not even just that it was not even just for that reason, the wrong coach. I mean, this, it was virtually the same locker room for like that all too, six yeah. years. Bruins had the same core since like post Stanley cup since like 2015. I mean, a lot of these guys have been here for that long. Um, and he just lost the locker. Room. It happens to the best coaches. It happens to everybody. Your voice gets still after a while and they find somebody new. Um, it happens to yeah. all the great coaches. I mean, you, you can't win everything, but even the most competitive teams and most competitive coaches have, they can lose the locker room. And that's what we saw. Um, I, we do have one more DM question. Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> from Ethan, Ethan Moriarty. Let's go, Ethan. Uh, at E Moriarty WX, he asked, question for the pod What would you like to receive in a trade for Mike Riley? Mm. I'm going to be honest, a bag of pucks. I'll yeah. Because the, the point of trading Mike Riley isn't, isn't to get a return. It's to just shed his cap. So right. like I'm, I'm more concerned about, I'm literally the only thing I'm concerned about trading Mike Riley is who the Bruins also have to give up to trade Mike Riley. Like if you could trade just Mike Riley for like a fifth round pick, I, I would have done it yesterday. But like, yeah. I just, I don't think that that's, I think that that's what they're struggling with right now as we're watching them continuously put him and Strawman on waivers, trying to have anybody just take these guys and nobody will take them. Yeah. I mean, the thing is too, with Mike Riley, he's a good player. Yeah. It's, it's literally just the contract that's hurting him. Um, mm -hmm. But I would, I would literally take a seventh round pick. Like it sucks. Cause he should be playing in the NHL. He's an NHL yep. player. Um, but yeah, you're, you're, you're going to have to probably, like you said, attach somebody to that trade. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I wonder if, if part of it too, if, if part of the reason that they're having so much trouble, um, unloading this guy is, is teams are probably trying to force the Bruins hands. I mean, they know the, the farther along this goes, the farther along the season goes, the Bruins are going to be more and more and more desperate to move some cap. And they really only have, it's, it's, um, Craig Smith, it's Mike Riley, and it's um, Strawman. Is there anybody else I'm missing who are candidates to to shed cap? And like, mm -hmm. I don't know. If, I haven't heard anything about whether or not they've been 
trying to move. I think Craig Smith is still a good guy to keep around because injuries happen. He's a good guy. You can plug him in the lineup. I think that he's the guy that they want to keep the most out of the three. And he's really the only one that I haven't heard that they've been aggressively trying to shed. But um, like they've been knocking on every single door to get to, to move Mike Riley and to move Anton Strawman. And as the season progresses and they get more and more desperate as they, they have to shed this cap to make everybody fit on their roster Teams are going to take exception to that, and they're going to say, "All right, you know, you know, if we were to trade for Mike Riley on December sixth, we would ask for a fifth as well to give you our seventh. But as you get more and more desperate now, it's you know the trade deadline's next week. Why don't you send us a fourth as well? Or why don't you package some uh, some shiny prospect in there as well? And I think that that might be a little bit of what the Bruins are experiencing right now, be- especially if you put a guy on waivers and a team has to give up." nothing except for a stall in their locker room to have this guy join their team and they're still not taking him. It's because they're trying to force the Bruins hand. Yeah. It's, it's uh, obviously Mike Riley and those guys aren't comparable at all to say Taylor Hall a couple years ago. Right. But it's kind of similar because Taylor Hall had full control of the situation. He could only choose like Buffalo's hand was forced the way the Bruins hands are forced. And they, they're just going to have to have, <laughs> wait for the best deal honestly they're just gonna have to wait to see what comes their way and take the take the best trade bait they can get yeah i was gonna say and and the best deal for the bruins isn't the best return for mike riley the best deal for the bruins is giving up the least amount to get rid of mike riley Yeah, yeah exactly and they're gonna have to make that decision at some point but but yeah i mean hey that was so that was the last dm right that was the last one I had. That yeah. was okay. Okay. I think so, it was. Yeah. I think it was. Let me double check. Uh, nothing. I think nothing, it was. Yeah, because I didn't. I didn't have anything else. By the way, also just for for people listening, if you follow our Twitter account, which again, if you don't, what the hell are you doing? I'll plug it right here. Follow us on Twitter at Bruin something. No G, just at Bruin something. We try to record every Tuesday night. Um, so that means that usually every Sunday night, every Monday, we put out a tweet saying, send a DM to either our Twitter account at Bruin something, Sully's Twitter account at underscore Mike Sullivan, or my Twitter account at Nick Melanson underscore. We always say how much we love reading these questions. They're a lot of fun. We will, we always plug ats. We, you know, we, um, so like send us questions cause they're fun. We enjoy reading them. Um, yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming there. It's honestly, it's I. I don't know if it's your favorite part of the show, but it's definitely my favorite part. No, of the show. it really is. It really is because, like, yeah. like we do we do a lot of the Bruins talk, but like a lot of what I enjoy the most about this podcast is like the the like the honest and like I mean I've known you my entire life, like the just like the casual conversations that we have and how we can kind of go on little tangents from like and it and yeah. it usually all stems <laughs> from a DM question. So like it doesn't matter how silly it is, it could be like a, a real analytical question about the Bruins we'll answer it it could be um like Nick um why do you like cottage cheese and I'll answer it because I think it tastes good like it could be it could literally be anything and and we'll make sure that we, we get it on the pod well actually that does kind of relate to this so we do have one more DM question oh boy we're gonna we're gonna do it so <laughs> Lauren Lauren asks um She's at Big Darla. Energy. No, 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 no. It's her, her Twitter handle is at Big Bruins Energy. As we were just saying, sometimes we like to answer like the funny, funny, like weird questions. Yeah. She, 
So she asked, I'm trying to find it right here. What player on the roster would be the best at building IKEA furniture? Oh my gosh. Who would it be? Who would it be? You know what? For <laughs> her, yeah. I'm gonna say Derek Forbert. <laughs> he looks to... he looks like a handyman. He looks like a guy who can carry some heavy heavy boxes up and down the stairs. Yeah. And he I don't know, he looks like he's probably built a couple pieces of furniture in his day. That's what I was thinking too. Like who who on the roster looks handy? Like Yeah. Clifton oh, Clifton looks like he'd put like the 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 Cliff, legs of oh, an air. No, he looks like he'd put like the legs of a table on backwards. Like Well, Clifton uh, funny enough graduated from Quinnipiac with his degree in engineering. So he might oh, be so the one that you would want to pick. I am so wrong. I apologize. Yeah, yeah don't um, judge a book by its cover. Let me think here. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know Taylor what? Hall. <laughs> Taylor <laughs> Hall. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I just realized that we forgot to do? What? The DM of the month for November. Ooh. Ooh. Listen, I don't remember who asked it. Okay. What what the question was specifically. But whatever question got us on the tangent talking about changing the name of Blades, the Bruins mascot, to Beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have Damn. to find who that was. Yeah, if we if we don't find it, we'll we'll mention it on the next pod too. Yeah. We'll we'll mention your name and we'll we'll pull it up. And if, if you're listening right now and you sent in the question, you're like, that was me, that was me, please send us a message so that <laughs> yeah. we can mention you later. We'll give you the, the, the respect you deserve on the airwaves. Because yeah. that was a great question. And I love answering those kind of questions. Like the, the, the first one we gave – okay, well, let's go down the list. The first, the first DM of the month we gave to uh, Lauren at Big Bruins Energy for her question about uh, if we were stuck on a deserted island, <laughs> what three players would we pick? Um Spoiler alert, one of the players I picked is now in Vancouver. The <laughs> second DM of the month was from Ethan at E Moriarty WX. I don't remember what he asked. Do you? I want to say that was the pickle sandwich one, wasn't it? Oh my god, it absolutely was. Was it? He, yeah, asked, yeah, yeah. It, he, he asked if pickles belong on I think it was on chicken sandwiches. Yeah, which they do. They absolutely the do. Yeah. Um and the third one is whoever asked the question that got us on the tangent talking about blades should have his names changed to beans. <laughs> that was my favorite from this book. <laughs> yeah, if that was you, please let us know. Please yeah, so guess know. what? This is the first episode of the summer. That means the new slate. We just had a new set of questions and we got um I don't know what, three more episodes this month. So yep. send in your questions. We'll get a new winner. And maybe we'll do something at, I don't know, the end of the year, at the end of the Bruins season for, for whoever has a DM of the year. We'll DM get, of the a little, year. get a little a little bracket going. I was going to, yeah, we'll have a, we'll do a little bracket and we'll put like a poll. Who had the best? And then and yeah. we'll just we can even, together. we can link each episode so people can go back and hear exactly what we were talking about. Yes. Oh, Look at yeah. us, huh? And you know what? You know what? I'm going to commit to this right now. If you win DM of the year. I will buy or somehow find a puck signed by a player of your choice. I will oh. get it done. I will get it done. You know what? I think because of that, I'm going to send in a DM next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make sure we pick it. <laughs> Although I do have a signed Robin Leonard puck. I so... have 
I was downstairs the other day, and we have uh, we call it the quiet room. I guess it's like a den, and we have an old roll top desk. And I found a certificate of authenticity for a signed Patrice Bergeron puck. I have no idea where that thing is. I oh, got it. No. So, I got it. It, it. You know, it was a signed Winter Classic puck. It was oh. one of the. It was one of the Winter Classic. It wasn't. I don't think it was the one against. Who did they play after the Flyers? Didn't they have another Winter Classic after that? Yeah, they went. They played Montreal at, uh, at Gillette. It was the. Yep. It was a, a, a Bruins Montreal like, uh, like novelty, uh, Winter Classic puck with Patrice Bergeron's signature right across the front. And, no and idea you, where it is. No idea. You have the certificate, but not the puck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even I have um, a little <laughs> when the Bruins. When the Bruins won the Stanley Cup in 2011, I have a part of the net from the game that they cut off, and it's on this what? thing, and it says, "Yeah, it says, I don't, I don't know where it." <laughs> you don't know where you don't know where that is either. No, I can find it. I can find it. it, it no, it was, that's it was, a sin. It, it's it's like this this tiny little stand, and it just sits up by itself, and it says in big letters, it has like the Bruins logo, the Stanley Cup on it. it says 2011 Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins part of the net and you flip it over and there's a sticker the certificate or the authenticity from the nhl and there is a piece of the net like that big right on it i'll, I'll have to find it what did you what did you <laughs> use it for to like tie your shoelaces like your shoelaces <laughs> no I, I, rest, I rested my toothbrush on it oh my God. no i'm just kidding i no, had I, I, <laughs> I had okay well listen when i when i was in high school my 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 bedroom right i i have uh like two shelves in my bedroom and they were they were filled with all of my sports memorabilia from over the years if you know me i've played every sport under the under the moon ice hockey deck hockey lacrosse soccer baseball basketball football i did karate for a week and a half the guy <laughs> said we have to pay for our own karate equipment so i went i'm done see you later <laughs> so actually it. my parents told me it was too expensive for both they said i could only do i could either do karate or hockey and I picked hockey. Thank, thankfully, I did. Otherwise, I'd be hosting a karate podcast right now. Um, <laughs> but my, <laughs> oh, you're we just, we just we just be talking about like SpongeBob episodes or something. Yeah. Um, my so my whole room was like just covered in like I don't know like trophies or medals over the years or like baseballs that I had from like games or hockey pucks from games. And the the Bergeron puck was on my shelf with my hockey pucks from my hockey career. Not that there's a lot. And I had the part of the net from the 2011 Stanley Cup on my shelf, like on my on top of my dresser. And I'm 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 in the last five years, I've hardly been in my bedroom because I've been in, I've been at college and I came back from college. I graduated for the second time, shout out, back in May. And when I came back to my room, I was like, this is this is an 18-year-old's room. I gotta do something about this. So I took all my memorabilia down. It's either in my basement or my attic. I don't know where the hell it is. And I'm sure that Bruins, that, that Bergeron puck, as well as the part of the net is probably in one of those boxes somewhere. I'll have to dig it out and find it. I hope so, dude. That, that's tough to lose. Yeah. And the Bergeron puck is in a little case too. It's in a clear little case. And it's on a little stand to protect it. I just, I just don't know where it is. I've also, had this thing. You know what else I have? Years. What is that? Who is that? No more. Noma. You know Noma. what else? I what? When the <laughs> AHL All Star Game was in Worcester, when was that? Like 2009 or something? Yeah, I remember I, that though. Yeah, I went to the game with with my friend Ryan, 
and I got the entire team to sign a hat. And Claude Giroux was there. Corey Schneider was there. Like, go if you go look up the roster, literally everybody at that game, they signed the hat. No idea where it is. Absolutely Damn. no idea. And it's so old. It was it was a, a black AHL All-Star Game hat, and the whole thing was covered in, like, I went down to the bench after the game and got their signatures. The whole thing was covered in, like, like the silver Sharpie signatures. And over the years, it, it started to fade to the point where you could kind of hardly see the signatures anymore. And at the time, you know, I was, like, 10 years old. And I didn't know who the hell was signing these things. So like I like I look back at it now and I'm like, I know Corey Schneider is on there because who can forget his red hair? I know he signed it. <laughs> but like I don't I don't remember who unless they wrote their number next to their name, which again is hardly legible at this point. I don't remember who signed the hat. And I don't even know where it is. I might have worn it by accident, honestly, one of these days. Damn. I know Damn, I can well... see that I can see the the terror in your face. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> losing all my memorabilia. Well, we can start a little GoFundMe page for for a, like a um, um, search and rescue team. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey. But with that being said, um, as always, something's brewing. Brought to you by the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. Um, follow our Twitter, our 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 podcast Twitter at something's something's brewing or brewing something. Sorry. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson. Um, happy December to everybody. I hope you all have a nice um, holiday season. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye. You ever go to that liquor store in Natick? Like the Natick Super Lip Liquors or whatever it's called? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Super Liquors? That just sounds a little funny. Um, um, they have like, it's like New England, uh, New England eggnog. And it's eggnog mixed with something else. I don't know. I think it's rum. It's probably rum. I was going to say, and it's usually rum, right? Pour it in there, top it off a little bit of milk to just dilute it a little bit, sprinkle a little nutmeg on top. Oh, baby. Good. It is eggnog season. <sighs> it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs>